most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this. More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact. Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents the Jim Ross Report. (laughs) With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to our program. Slobberknocker Audio is being served. Hot off the grill. We are glad you are here. And thank you very much for subscribing to our program. Many of you use Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to your audio. But uh, I'll tell you uh, that subscribing helps us a bunch. Leaving those five-star ratings, all good. We'll talk more about that later on. Uh, so we got a packed show. It is packed with uh, news and, and information. Uh, Matt Hardy Part 2 is coming up later in the program. I think he's bringing a guest with him this week, so we'll keep, we'll keep our eye on that situation. It could be just right for a, a Halloween-themed uh, interview. We'll see. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this show on the road. We're burning daylight, pilgrims. Here's what's on my mind. Man, so much to get to here this week. And again, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, just want to remind you a little book update. Paul O'Brien and I, work, and I are working feverishly on the, the sequel to Slobberknocker. We don't know what the title is going to be yet, but man, we've covered some heavy things. And uh, the topics uh, that we go through, we, the book starts back at uh, right after uh, the last book ended. So we're going to do it like we're booking an uh, uh, episodic pro wrestling show. Uh, one week leads to the next week, and so it's done chronologically. Uh, and Paul O'Brien has got my voice, and he's got my feel. And we talk uh, every week. We email. We text. We talk on the phone. We are all over this thing. I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and Paul's in uh, in, in Ireland. So uh, we're rocking and rolling. But the book is still selling great. The original Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling, at Amazon.com. So check them out there. Uh, Amazon.com has really been a great uh, boost for us in our uh, staying number one for well over a year uh, on, on our category there with them. Uh, also, uh, on the food front, uh, as always, www.shop.com sells our products online throughout North America. You know that. Uh, we're also uh, about to get into the uh, Ingalls markets and throughout the southeast part of the United States. I understand the orders in route. They ordered a lot of product for their stores and uh, Ingalls has over 200 stores, and I hope that you will uh, check it out. They're, they're wonderful people, uh, really good grocery stores. I wish we had one in Oklahoma, quite frankly. Uh, so, uh, And if you come across our products in an Ingalls, take a picture of it. Take a selfie with it and uh, tweet it out and tag me in and see where that goes. Okay? So I uh, appreciate that help. Uh, I think the big news that we talked about, uh, kind of broke the news on, on social media on Tuesday night, is the fact that uh, the next uh, J.R. and the King stage show, our Q&A, meet and greet, all that magnificent stuff, uh, will be in Cleveland, Ohio at uh, Hilarities Cleveland on Saturday, December the 8th. We're going to have an afternoon show, a matinee, if you will. Uh, and tickets are going to sell next Friday, October the 26th. The, uh, the Cleveland is not a, is not a uh, happenstance. The King and I, King especially, him, much, much more than I, is a fan of all things Cleveland because he grew up in Berea. Uh, and of course, Jerry's at Jerry Lawler on Twitter. Uh, 
And so Jerry and I are going to do this show in Cleveland, a matinee. Two o'clock is the VIP meet and greet. Uh, Four o'clock is the showtime. Great way to spend a Saturday afternoon with us. And then, by the way, isn't this coincidental? Uh, We find out that the Browns are at home the next day. So I've invited my friend Baker Mayfield to join us on Saturday. have no idea if he can or if he will. Uh, it's kind of got a, he's got a full-time job there, you know, quarterback in those Browns. And so, uh, but he's, he knows he's invited. So is his mom and dad, all these Oklahoma friends are there. And then we're going to go to the Browns game on, on, uh, the next day. I think they're playing Charlotte or playing Carolina who plays in Charlotte. Crazy. So, uh, check that out. Hilarities, Cleveland tickets going to sell next Friday, October 26th. And uh, more on that before we go off the air. And we appreciate you guys, uh, considering to join us there. We had a lot of fun with King and I. Uh, I'm also going to be with the King, photo ops, by the way, uh, at WrestleCade. That's going to be on Saturday, November 24th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That's Thanksgiving weekend, everybody. And I'm going to be flying with the Oklahoma football team on Thanksgiving Day to uh, West Virginia at Morgantown as the my Sooners will take on the uh, Dana Hogerson's uh, uh, West Virginia Mountaineers and what could be a massive game in the Big 12 Conference and have a that could have a huge impact on uh, the college playoffs and more uh, in that regard. At least that's what us optimistic Okies think. So uh, then after that, uh, the game on Friday night, I'm going to hop in a car and I'm going to drive to uh, Winston-Salem overnight and uh, to be there for our 10 o'clock appearance with the King and I for Headlock on Hunger, headlockonhunger.org, great organization. They help feed hungry kids. And when you're hungry, folks, nothing else matters. No true words are ever spoken. So uh, photo ops to JR and the King, autographs, and uh, I just, we'd love to see you guys. Uh, we appreciate hearing that we were the voice of your childhood. It still, that means something. It still means something. It's going to always mean something. Uh, and also a little note on the Jericho Cruise. The Jericho Cruise is killing it, man. They're damn near sold out. They're not, but they're damn near. So check out ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Uh, we're going to be on the on the ship with our uh, products, sauces, mustard, ketchup, all that stuff, beef jerky, seasoning, and Stavernocker, my life and wrestling, the hardcover we're selling and autographing, personalizing for you uh, on the on the ship. So uh, check that out, ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Some great wrestling action, no doubt about it. Uh, Team Bullet Club versus Team Impact. Uh, there's going to be some, you know, something's going to happen. Something's going to go down with uh, Jericho and Kenny Omega. Something's going down. I ain't going to be near them because I don't want to get wet. And I ain't revealing anything I know because I don't know nothing. I got nothing. I know nothing. So uh, check it out, ChrisJokoCruise.com. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we had the football weekend off last weekend. Uh, I did watch uh, the NFL on Saturday, on Sunday, rather, excuse me, and uh, going down to Fort Worth on Friday, riding down with the Oklahoma State Highway Patrol unit. They're giving me a ride down to Fort Worth, and I'll attend the OU TCU game Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time, and uh, big ball game for both teams if they won't have any hopes of uh, playing in the Big 12 championship, especially for Oklahoma. And uh, we've got another tough year, a tough year for TCU. They're too well coached, they got too many good players. I saw the spread is eight, Oklahoma favored by eight. I don't like it. Uh, I think Oklahoma's going to be very lucky to get out of uh, Fort Worth with their, with, with their teeth. I think it's going to be a very physical game. Uh, and I need we change defensive coordinators. The Sooners had an off week to get ready for this game. We'll see how that all that factored in. I, don't get me wrong. I'm a diehard 
live or die Oklahoma Sooner fan. I just believe, to be realistic with you, that if you're a gambler, I think that the, the over is a good bet, and I think that the uh, for, that the TCU and the points is something to consider if you're of uh, the gambling persuasion. Hell, look, last week, LSU upset Georgia. And, you know, I was going to text Tony Schiavone before that game just because I was thinking about him and I like him, and I'm glad I didn't because I've probably been accused of being a, a jinx. I couldn't believe that. Uh, so, in any event, uh, uh, a lot of, lot, of, lot of upsets in college football. They're not over. You're, you're dealing with 18- to 20-year-old kids who have a lot to focus on and a lot of stuff on their mind. Uh, so I, I, it'll be fun to see how that all, all that goes down. Uh, I saw – I got a note here. I think I think producer Ted gave me this note. He's a big fan of being the elite and uh, teasing their the fact that they're looking at something. And apparently they're going to make some sort of major announcement in the early part of 2019. I can see that happening. As I said early on, uh, that the card for the Ring of Honor Garden Show with New Japan will probably look entirely different than, as one would assume, it would look if booked today. I think there's going to be a lot of movement with some of the biggest stars in the game. Just picking up a little bit here, a little bit there. And I'll keep you apprised of it, too, because I'm talking to a lot of this, these cats that have opportunities to do other things uh, casually. And so I think there's a, I think there's the, some people's motors are running and the wheels are turning. Speaking of motors running, Money Mayweather, old Floyd, he's uh, looking for another payday, it looks to me like. Uh, he wants to have a probably a boxing match with Khabib. Of course, both men can say they beat Conor McGregor. Uh, but the payday chase never ends, kids, even when you got all the money you need. What is all the money you need? Uh, I got an idea for the reformed Roseanne show, The Connors. It didn't do bad in the ratings. Here's the deal. Get a booking idea. You got to find another woman or women or maybe Dan uh, gets hooked on online dating. You got it right other cast members into the script that has star power nobody's going to replace roseanne on roseanne's show hello i i question sometimes the fact that she's permanently gone nor but i that by any means that does that mean i adhere to what her what she said on social media that'd be silly but i would say that uh finding veteran female stars uh, to become Dan's uh, significant other in some form and all the interactions that would take. I can tell you, you know, uh, I still don't feel comfortable uh, dating people because uh, I feel like I'm cheating on my wife and she's not here. So you, there's the emotion that brings, brings you, that could be brought out in a scenario like that uh, and make the show more meaningful, more timely, more realistic. But I don't know if they're going to get that reprieve. Doesn't look good. We'll find out in the next couple of weeks, I would say. But as an old Booker person, hey, you got to you got to beef up the roster and, and and write somebody in that's logical and compelling. Uh, congrats to the Rock and his great crew at Seven Bucks Entertainment. Uh, what a project! What a great idea! The Titan Games are going to be it's an athletic competition. Premieres January two, the day before my birthday, on NBC. Sorry, my man. Dwayne Johnson. He's building a dynasty, folks. The foundation's been poured a long time ago. 
Nothing but up, up, up uh, for this guy. And like, like he said in that little diner in uh, South Florida, Jr. I'm going to be your top guy. Well, hello. He, he, he felt that, and he was that. Uh, sad to see Sears file for bankruptcy, and here's why. My fat little ass was uh, taken to Sears about once a year, uh, generally before school started, to buy my Sears Husky jeans. There's nothing more demoralizing or uh, kicking the, and your tiny gonads than going to Sears and your mama pony back to the fat kid section and buying Sears Husky jeans. Thank God I grew out of that. Now I just wear relaxed fit. Uh, this week on Access TV, this ain't going to be pretty, but it's going to be physical. That's uh, Tetsuya Naito versus Minoru Suzuki. Uh, these two don't give any quarter. And there's a, you can tell there's a great respect for what Suzuki is and has been what he's done. But Naito has more than paid his dues. So it's not young boy versus veteran. It's veteran versus veteran. And with that comes some sort of give and take. And who can handle the most uh, hard, stiff strikes? There's plenty of them on Friday night at 8, 7 Central on Access TV. And by the way, uh, Chris Jericho's first IWGP Intercontinental title defense against Evil will be on November 3rd in Osaka. That should be good. So uh, a lot of good stuff in that organization. Jeff Cobb, who's in next week's uh, on next week's program, our guest next week, uh, he's going to be against Hiroki Goto uh, in in November in, in Anaheim. We'll get, try to get more information on that. Uh, interesting card there. It's a non-televised event, as I understand it. And uh, Cobb and Goto will have a nice. They have nice chemistry, in my opinion. Going on around the horn here in the Raston world, uh, I'd like to help these other promotions. Uh, appreciate what they do and are trying to do. Uh, MLW just signed one of Mexico's biggest stars in uh, Roosh. Roosh will debut with MLW on November the eighth at their uh, Chicago being Sports TV event. Uh, great dressing town. Uh, to debut a talent. Just ask Chris Jericho, right? Impact Wrestling uh, had a successful Bound for Lori pay-per-view. Johnny Impact, one of my favorite guys, uh, won the Impact World title, defeating Austin Aries in a very creative, uh, uh, structured event. And the post-match, a lot of people talking. That's what That was exactly the goal, I'm thinking. that I'm thinking. Because uh, I've never known Austin Aries to be unprofessional at anything. I love what they did because it got people talking about a show that needed positive verbal reinforcement. It may get folks to watch their show on the hard to find, formerly known as the Reader's Digest channel, TV Guide channel, what that Reader's Digest TV Guide, Life Magazine channel. Again, I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, Your Honor, is there another program on Pop TV that you watch other than Impact Wrestling? I didn't think so. One thing about the show, Tessa Blanchard, she did defend her title, Knockout's title. That was good. I like her upside. Big future. Big future ahead of her. Uh, I was a little concerned about the welfare of these gents in the uh, Concrete Jungle Deathmatch. What the hell? Ladies and gentlemen, our Concrete Jungle Deathmatch features six men who are nuts. The ring mat and turnbuckle covers are removed, wrestling on exposed boards. Can you imagine goddamn splinters? The in-ring return of Westwood One's Conan, our buddy here on Westwood One Podcast. 
Conan was a big factor in that match, by the way. Old dogs can still hunt, by the way. And also congratulations uh, to Abyss for being inducted into the uh, Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. A good man. Loyal. Uh, he should be with that company until they're no longer, because that's how loyal he is. I remembered wanting him to hire him in WWE because I thought, much like I thought about Mick Foley in the day, that he would be a, ma- a good matchup for uh, The Undertaker. Uh, and it just didn't come together. Right, it wasn't the right place, right time. There's a lot of things you can look back, but sometimes it's not meant to be. But I thought that uh, Abyss was that athletic and that good that he would have given uh, some, had some great matches for The Undertaker and not just a one-off. By the way, Impact's going to be in, uh, they have a pay-per-view coming up in January, I'm told. Homecoming. It's in there. It's going to be back in Nashville. More on that. We've got a lot of time to talk about that. It's going to be on uh, January the 6th. 2019, which might be the day after I get back from Wrestle Kingdom, if I go. And don't forget this Sunday, NWA's big 70th anniversary show, uh, Nashville at the fairgrounds we just mentioned. Tickets are on sale, still available at NWA70.com. That's the Cody versus Nick Aldis NWA World title match, two out of three falls. And, of course, uh, congratulations to Cody for he did a good job this week on the debut of Season 7 of CW's Arrow, so check that out. Set your DVR and watch his lad. He's a good one. My boy, the, is he a assassin? Is he an errand boy? Or is my boy a thespian? Jazz will defend the NWA women's title against uh, Penelope Ford on uh, Sunday. I'm a big fan of Jazz. She was so uh, uh, such an important cog and the success of the development of the women's locker room and that roster back in the Attitude Era. Jackie Moore, another one, another Hall of Famer, great, great talent. Uh, Ivory, great talent. Uh, Lisa Marie became a great talent. So a lot of the more experienced ladies, like Molly Holly, another one. I'm leaving out names. I don't mean to. I'm sorry, ladies. Uh, But they were more important to the women's division then than the Hall of Famers that they helped train. Because those Hall of Famers would not be Hall of Famers if it hadn't been for these ladies I mentioned just moments ago, including Jazz. So, uh, by the way, uh, the NWA show on Sunday, as are a lot of wrestling events, can be found on Fight TV, F-I-T-E. Uh, somebody called my hand that it wasn't free. To download the app is free. Some of the content, as a matter of fact, a lot of the content is free. And some of it is on a, on a pay, pay-per-view type basis. But very fair price, and you pick what you want. You don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But uh, F-I-T-E, Fight Like You Mean It, great app. All you need is a, a smart device and a Wi-Fi, the way I see it. And it's good stuff. Uh, congrats to Ring of Honor, uh, the one, of their, one of their guys. As I said, Jeff Cobb will be with us here next week. We'll talk more about Ring of Honor. Uh, they got some, their in-ring products is absolutely excellent. It really is. Everybody always talks about the New Japan product, as they should, but uh, it is certainly uh, within the conversation. Ring of Honor should be in that conversation, that's what I'm trying to say. I watched uh, uh, Raw on uh, Monday and enjoyed the – I thought the highlight of the show was the segment involving Ronda Rousey and the Bellas. All three of the ladies did a hell of a job. It was the suspend of my disbelief, the content and the context – of the promo as it was written was really spot on. The ladies delivered their memorized lines very well. 
I'm not a fan of that process of memorizing and reciting, but they pulled it off. Give the devil his due as far as the concept of memorizing somebody else's copy. Great job, ladies. Really great job. And it really it kind of made that match become a lot more uh, relevant, quite frankly. A lot more relevant. Uh, coming up for uh, Evolution. October 28th in Nassau Coliseum. Somebody said that the advance was a little bit uh, slow. I haven't heard that other than from online a couple of people. Uh, but if, you can, if you're a wrestling fan, get to Long Island on uh, the 28th of October and enjoy the Rousey-Nikki Bella match, Charlotte and Becky in a last woman standing match, which I think should close the show. It probably won't. Kyrie Singh versus Shayna Baszler in NXT title. Love that match. Love that pairing. Then you get the tag match uh, that a lot of folks are looking forward to. What does, uh, what does Trish and Lita have left in their tanks? I hope that's not politically incorrect because they're taking on uh, Alexa Bliss, who's red hot, Enterprise, and Mickey James, who is uh, that great veteran that seemingly just keeps reinventing herself. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that match. That match could be on first as far as I'm concerned. Why not? Star power kicking it off. Uh, Lita, Trish, big time. Uh, so maybe. The Battle Royals on the card. That's going to be interesting. That's And then the uh, May Young Classic Final will be on that card, I'm told. So, again, the big question out of that, it's going to be a hell of a show. hope you watch it on WWE Network. But, again, there will be debates ongoing. Uh, who's going to close the show and who opens the show? I just told you my pick. I would pick Charlotte and Becky to close the show in spectacular fashion with uh, death-defying uh, uh, athleticism and physicality. I say that wink-wink, not death, not real death, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. And uh, I would open the show, I think, with uh, the tag match. Lita and, and Trish against Alexa Bliss and Mickey James because there's a lot of star power, and it gets people emotionally invested early. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Also on Raw, other than the Rousey and the Bellas, I, I thought uh, Drew McIntyre, it's really clear to me now that uh, the, the brass in WWE fully realize how great McIntyre can be as their top champion. Now, I, I always thought the top championship in WWE was the WWE title. I don't know if that's that way anymore, considering Lesnar had, a, uh, had possession of the universal title for so long. I don't know what's the top title. Maybe it doesn't matter. I don't know if it even matters, quite honestly. So let's all keep our eye on Drew McIntyre and how he's booked between now and WrestleMania. And so if my intuitions are right and what seems to be uh, the direction, general direction WWE may be traveling right now is that McIntyre is destined for greatness in the, in the, in the most supreme way. He'll either be a WWE champion or Drew McIntyre will be the universal champion and by God, by the time that we all go to bed after WrestleMania, he'll be one of those two champs, no doubt in my mind. Uh, I like the uh, Shield turmoil. There's several stories ongoing there, and you keep wondering, well, is this is Ambrose going to turn villain? I don't know that it's Ambrose turning villain. It may be Rollins. You sure as hell don't want to turn Reigns because he don't need any help being a villain because people don't like him anyway for whatever reason. At least the, ver the verbal defiant young males. I've never seen any women booing Roman Reigns. Isn't that amazing? That may have something to do with this whole conundrum. Uh, or maybe nobody turns in the shield. Maybe it's just some inner turmoil from some high-spirited young bucks. Who knows? No pun intended. Braun Strowman is an attraction wrestler. 
Braun Strowman is a, is like uh, the Big Show, who's just coming back into the fold. Talents that are attraction wrestlers: the Haystacks, Calhoun, the Andre, the Giants, uh, Don Leo, Jonathan, God rest his soul, Black Jack Mulligan. A lot of those monster, bigger than life personalities do not need to be on TV every week. Putting them on TV every week, a does it helps them burn out faster. It gets people get comfortable with them, and that's not good. And it also takes up another spot that somebody that's young and and also hungry uh, could get on TV and make a star of themselves. So I think Strowman's on TV too much. He's a, he's, an, he's an attraction. I don't need to see him wrestle that many times. Keep him fresh. Keep him unique. Uh, but that's just me. Again, that's how I would book it. Uh, and I also think that Bobby Lashley is going to be a much better villain than he ever was a, a going to be as a as a fan favorite. Now you might get him to be that fan favorite in a year or maybe two, but man, I'm going to give him every chance in the world to get a hell of a run. I agree with uh, Dave LaGreca on this. Uh, my buddy at Bust Open Radio on Sirius XM uh, every Monday through Friday. Uh, that uh, from from in my house they're on from eight o'clock till eleven, uh, but I'm in the Central Time Zone, nine to noon on the East Coast. Busted up. Good guys. Bubba Ray, Mark Henry. I, I, I love those boys. They're my guys. They're my guys. But I, uh, I, I agree with Dave that Lashley can be a, a phenomenal heel. The bottom line of the whole thing is that Lashley's too good to be stagnant and be running around spinning his wheels. I like the fact that he's now has seemingly some direction. And furthermore, uh, his, uh, his man, uh, Leo Rush, I love his upside. I think he could be a hell of a manager. But I'm telling you, uh, that little laugh he does incessantly can easily be turned into go-away heat or I'll moot my TV heat. A little goes a long way uh, in those things. And maybe it's because he's nervous. I don't know. Maybe he's been told to do it. I don't know that either. I love his upside, but the little that little nuance uh, kind of is a, the proverbial burr under my saddle. And, uh, of course, the highlight of SmackDown Live, uh, at least in my estimation, the return of Ray Mysterio. I thought he had a, a, a solid, good, solid, fun match with the Nakamura. Uh, good to see all the Evolution guys back, even though they were stars on Raw. Uh, I don't guess that mattered. Uh, I think Carmella and R-Truth have got something rolling uh, I, that I never would have perceived. So congratulations to those guys. Hope you run with the ball. But let me tell you, nothing – Tops again, Becky and Charlotte storyline. And uh, I just believe they have, the, they have great chemistry. They have that great rivalry. It's great stuff, folks. Enjoy it while it's here, while it's going on. Uh, they got, that's one of the great rivalries. That's, that's like uh, Dusty and, and, and Nate. You know, it's just it's a, one, of those, one of those rivalries that just seemingly has no end. So I don't, I don't want this to end, but, you know, we, we know it will. But, boy, in the meantime – I'm going to eat up all of it I can, without a doubt. And then I wanted to uh, finally, what's on my mind, address this Saudi Arabia thing. Uh, And before I do, I want you to hear some comments made on Fox television uh, this week with uh, good old John Bradshaw Layfield, uh, who has very intelligent, very well-read, had a unique take on this that I'd like for you to hear. 
In my personal opinion is that they should go. I think the only way you promote change, look at what we did with Cuba. You isolate a country, all you do is impoverish that country. You want to promote change. WWE went to Abu Dhabi. They had the first women's match that had ever happened in the Middle East. The crowd was chanting in English, this is change. And for these senators to come out and bash the WWE on this, I've spent seven Christmases in Iraq and Afghanistan with the WWE. I was with the WWE, the first group to go down and visit the Twin Towers while they were still burning and bodies were pulling out. We were the first group on 9-13 to have a mass gathering at, right after 9-11. People didn't know what was going to happen. For these guys to hide behind their patriotism and their, their, their show uh, flag waving to me, I think is to try to improve their abysmal approval ratings to me is wrong. WWE has been at the forefront of change and you want to change Saudi Arabia, you send something like WWE there. That's what JVL said this week on uh, uh, Stuart Barney's program on Fox. And he had a hell of an interview with uh, Bubba Dudley and Dave LaGreca on, uh, I believe it was Wednesday. Hell today when I'm recording this. Uh, really good. I listened to it twice, as a matter of fact. Uh, and here's the thing. But here's my take on it. So for all you guys who are going to quote me on your website to, to get a click or two, uh, make sure you get the facts straight. Number one, like JVL, I don't represent WWE by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I don't, I'm not uh, a spokesman. I'm a Hall of Famer that has a contract with the company. Uh, and I'm proud of that. Happy to have it. Uh, I, but I'm not a spokesman, but in any event, uh, here's my take. My take is if I were WWE, I would obviously move very cautiously. It is a hot button issue right now. The thing that cannot be compromised is putting any talent or any WWE personnel or any fans in jeopardy. If, they, if everybody feels totally comfortable with safety, the problem is, for me, uh, then you should do it. I'm not going to get into all the politics and the, the oppression and all, all these things because I've not read on it. It's not something I'm going to read on. I know what's right and I know what's wrong. I know every person, no matter their color, their gender, whatever, should be treated equally. That's what I believe. I don't care what their nationality is or what party they're in. What side of the aisle that they sit sit on? So uh, I think that uh, you got a guy on a card that uh, needs a payday because WWE got massive rights fee monies coming that uh, that doesn't go in everybody's pocket. One of my biggest paydays in the history of my working for Vince was making a trip to Saudi Arabia. I got paid very very well and much more than as a former guy doing the payoffs, then I would have probably paid myself. So if that affected me in that regard, how many other people that were there, some, some of them for days and weeks, and even more, how many of them did it affect in a positive way? So I'm not going to be the guy that's going to get up and talk about things that I don't quite understand. I know what I believe, but I also don't want to take money out of a wrestler's pocket and to take care of their family. That's always been my, my, my pet peeve. Take care of the talent. And if the talent don't want to go, they shouldn't go. And they won't have to go. That's what I think on this uh, Saudi thing. It's a, there's no right answer, guys. It really isn't, I don't think. I hear, I've heard both sides of the, of the argument, and both sides can make very good points that I can say, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that too. But I don't have the right answer, apparently. Uh, but I have an answer for me. My answer is if it's safe and the talents can go uh, earn money, that they need. Hey, look, Christmas is coming up. 
think of those things, simple as it may be. Oh, damn, Jr. had a listen. This Jr. had this reason that they should go to Saudi because it's near Christmas. What an idiot! What an idiot! Okay, maybe I am an idiot, but the bottom line is, I move cautiously. WWE, I would uh, try to make sure everything was as safe as it humanly possibly could be. Nobody would go if they didn't want to go, and uh, and I would divvy that money up like you have before uh, in a very fair equitable way because it's new money it's significant new money it's not like running a house show in muskogee next week this is big time money for a lot of guys that and some of them are looking at they have less paydays left than they have earned previously so that's my thoughts on saudi I hope i didn't you know i'm trying to start a political war here but just me being me man just being honest uh and that's how i feel about it and that's what's on my mind Man, I'm so excited the fact that uh, WWE 2K19 is one of our sponsors here. And, I, you know, I've spent a lot of my a lot of hours uh, with the guys at 2K. Some of my best friends are there, Bryce Yang and his crew, the marketing guys. Uh, love my time as a, the voice, or one of the voices of the of that game. The King and I did a lot of, a lot of voiceovers together for the game, had a lot of fun, uh, great memories, great journey, and now the game is even better. And it is also available right now, right now, folks, at www.2k.com. That's where you go to buy it. Uh, And the headline will say, never say never, because that's true. And by the way, did you know that when you buy your game, you get your copy of 2K19, you get over $100 in value of other things, like access to the bonus characters, Ronda Rousey and Rey Mysterio, uh, includes a WWE 2K19 season pass. Access to the Woo Collection, uh, the bonus digital content, including Rowdy Roddy Piper, Big Evil, The Undertaker, Ricky Steamboat, Macho Man Randy Savage, uh, Dusty Rose, if you will, uh, all his playable characters, plus Starcade 83 Arena and more. Really cool stuff here. Uh, and I like the fact that you get you could win a million dollars. That should get your attention. Uh, get your copy of the, of the game, WWE 2K19. Earn your right to play against cover superstar AJ Styles that's how Renee used to introduce him I love that my guest at this time AJ Styles she says with a smile on her face because he's a baby face she knew what she was doing uh, but you might play AJ for a million bucks in this game you can earn that opportunity uh, if you think what you, ha- you have what it takes by the way uh, to take down the phenomenal one walk away with one million dollars all you got to do is visit www.2k.com slash million dollar challenge for more information on how to enter. Why not? If you don't enter, you ain't going to win. I, I'll give you that inside tip now. That's not a spoiler I pulled off the internet or a dirt sheet. <laughs> dirt sheet. Dirt sheets is about as contemporary as wearing wool tights. Kind of out of kind of out of the realm of terms. Think of something better to call them. Uh, and by the way, I love this part of it. The, this, this playable roster is, a, is huge. There's over 200 playable characters uh, in this game, which tells me that the amount of fantasy dream matches is almost endless. You're talking about superstars of today, uh, the guys from Austin's on it, The Rock, Andre the Giant, so many more legends. So it's a, it's cool as hell. 
if you you know to book your, get your buddies together, have a tournament. There's all kinds of things. You're, you're only limited by your own creativity, quite frankly. That's all. So check this out. If you're a wrestling fan, if you're a gamer, it's must-have. Uh, and I would tell you that I got my copy just recently, and that would be fact. We're probably giggling. JR's got plays video games. Never said I played them. <laughs> I'm a little old, but no, I'm not too old. Like video games. I love this game. If you see the graphics, the audio, uh, the imaging, how much clearer the, the characters are, it's so much better than it's ever been. So check it out. WWE 2K19 Deluxe Edition. Let me tell you, his feet cover the ground he walks on because even Ernie Ladd would say that the WWE 2K Deluxe Edition, uh, Never Say Never, is available now at www.2k.com. Get yours today and start having a hell of a lot of fun. Okay, kids, it's time for Slobber Knocker of the Week. This week brought to you by Grill Monsoon's old cell number, OOU812. Uh, Slobber Knocker of the Week, some interesting candidates. Uh, and this, this, my decision on who will be this year, this week's winner is pretty simple to me. But there are some great candidates uh, on uh, for this award. It's very prestigious, ladies and gentlemen. It brings tears to glass eyes. It, uh, it makes a fat baby fart. It's really, really heart, heart-wrenching heart-touching uh but uh for example college football in general last weekend my centers were off i sat on my back patio and watched football all day might have had a beer or two might have had a moscow meal or two but i enjoyed being home and watching football great football there's nothing it's hard to beat college football for me for me as pat patterson say for me i see producer ted got michigan state in our copy they had a good week Iowa State beat uh, West Virginia. That kind of turned the Big 12 a little upside down. So we'll see how that works out. But nonetheless, my point is college football is a great, it's a great time of the year, great matchups. Don't rest on anybody's laurels because the mighty will still fall. As I mentioned earlier, I'm not comfortable with OU going to Fort Worth in a must-win game for the Horned Frogs with a hell of a coach who's fiery, knows how to coach defense. They're one or two plays away from beating Ohio State earlier in the year. Uh you just never know. So it's a great time to be a football fan. My congratulations to Johnny Impact, uh, real John Morrison on Twitter, winning the uh, Impact World title. I mentioned that already, but uh, John's a good kid. Very talented. Very talented. I'm proud of him. Uh, it's sad to hear the passing of Paul Allen. Paul Allen was the co-founder of Microsoft with Bill Gates, for some of you that may not know. Uh, Mr. Allen also owned the Portland Trailblazers the Seattle Seahawks, the Seattle Sounders. He passed away this past week after, I think, he battled, battled cancer. I think that's what it was. Point about being this man, he brought so much revenue and, and joy and uh, entrepreneurship to his part of the world up there in the Northwest. Uh, and he did a lot for charity, a tremendous amount for charity. So our condolences to the Paul Allen family and all the fans of the uh, Trailblazers, Seahawks, and the Sounders. Another NFL note, by the way, this just in, Todd Gurley is a bad mamma jamma. Running back for the uh, L.A. Rams. He's a breed apart right now in his league and what he does for a living. Uh, as is another man we should deserves a mention, the great Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's great because he's dating Danica Patrick. He's also great because he's had two 400-yard passing games in a row. And uh, he, at the last minute, man, brings them back, does the Packers. 
uh, to uh, beat the 49ers on Monday Night Football. He's a baller, no doubt about it. And, of course, the, the epitome of ballers is the ageless Tom Brady. When my wife was alive, my God, she despised the Patriots and Tom Brady because they were heartbreakers to her Steelers more often than not. She, she said, I have all I can stand. I can't stand it anymore. And when the Patriots came back and, and, and came from behind to beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl, we were there. She was so disappointed. We just seen one of the biggest, the greatest games in Super Bowl history in this magnificent stadium. And my little bride was unhappy because Tommy, as she called him, Tommy won another one. I want to congratulate uh, Conrad and Megan Thompson. Connie got married. So now Mr. Barnett's just got to live uh, vicariously through Connie. Uh, Conrad Thompson uh, and Megan. Megan, her name was, she's Rick Flair's daughter, many of you know. Beautiful young lady. Uh, they got married. And what, I'm, what it's turned is a gorgeous ceremony in Huntsville, Alabama. Now, how in the hell is something that gorgeous in Huntsville, Alabama? I got to go down and visit Conrad so I can see the gorgeousness of Huntsville that, res- that uh, resides outside a barbecue joint because that would be one of my first stops. But seriously, congratulations. It's a star-studded affair. A lot of uh, personalities are there, and uh, I'm proud of uh, Conrad and Megan. Hope they have a wonderful life together. Conrad's a good dude. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, the Slavonark of the Week Award goes to the many hundreds, thousands of rescue workers in Florida in the aftermath of Hurricane Michael. Yeah! Hurricane Michael P.S. Hayes. He opened his fanny pack, and God knows what was going to come out. Bad weather. Best wishes to all in the panhandle. Uh, thank you for the volunteers and what you guys go through. You know, when you're not affected directly, it's easy to take the work of these people for granted, just like it is every day for a, a first responder, our police, fire, all those dudes. It's just we take it for granted, and it's a shame. It's a damn shame. It means a hell of a lot to you when you have a tragedy then you realize how important our first responders are in our lives. So the Slavon Rock of the Week goes to all the great rescue workers, men and women, uh, in the state of Florida uh, after Hurricane Michael came through. And remember what I said, folks, Mother Nature don't do any jobs. It's Slobberknocker good! <laughs> remember, folks, that uh, Slobberknocker is available at Amazon.com. Uh, no, I haven't heard any plans yet when the paperback's coming out, but the uh, book is available at Amazon.com and all continents in uh, hardcover, ebook, and in our audiobook. Slavonocker at yeah, good old Amazon.com. Check it out. And if you don't, you might just be picking a goodie. That's all I want to say about that. Just saying. You know what I'm saying? And I'm starting it off here, ladies and gentlemen, with our own lovable. You love him, you know him, you want to hug little bastard. Raphael Morphy, the Richard Lewis, a la the character on Curb Your Enthusiasm of our team, gave me the information last week that Nikki Haley was a Native American. Uh, she resigned as a U.S. ambassador to the U.N. And Raphael thought, because I am a Native American, a Cherokee, by the way, very proud of that, that uh, that would be nice to mention. And so I did. Well, it's all good, except, except Raphael, that she's not a Native American. So I apologize for the confusion, and I apologize for uh, the trip to the woodshed that many of you took me on that I did not deserve, but I will accept responsibility. Also, Pitcoon Goofy uh, a candidate has got to be Senator Elizabeth Warren. What the hell are you thinking? Why are you getting to a jaw-jacking moment with our president? You know you're not going to win. He's got the biggest voice, the loudest voice 
and the, and the most place you can hear his voice. Senator Warren, you're way, way uh, outgunned here. And I'm not, a, I'm not a Donald Trump guy per se. But she took a DNA test to prove that she was a Native American and she had this small little percentile. Uh, and then, of course, the Cherokee, my tribe, the Cherokee Nation, sends out a statement saying Warren was releasing DNA tests was inappropriate and wrong. And I agree with them. Boy, we got to keep going back to somebody's ethnicity and their bloodline and mama, daddy, baby, daddy, and all this crap. You know, no matter what your background is, who your mom or daddy is, just be decent. If you're going to be a politician, be a, be a damn public servant. Come on, Elizabeth. You're not going to be the president of the United States. Are you kidding me? Sorry. Don't think it's going to happen. Uh, the New England Patriots fan, what the hell were you thinking? He threw the, the beer in, in Tyreek Hill's face after he scored a touchdown in Foxborough, uh, and he got charged with uh, disorderly conduct. And the the hideous charge of, quote-unquote, throwing an object at a sporting event. So the dude's been uh, banned from Gillette Stadium. I'm wondering how they're going to keep track of that. In any event, come on, man, what are you thinking? Throwing good beer on, a, on an opposing player. It's a waste. It's a waste. The producer of the segment that uh, Deontay Wilder allegedly uh, broke the jaw of a mascot an ESPN mascot during a, uh, a little stunt was embarrassing. Where in the hell is the producer at this deal? Is he not telling there's a human there? Does Deontay not realize there's a human being inside that costume? And he hit the son of a bitch right in the face. It was funny if you're watching. It ain't so funny if you're the lawyer or you're the guy suffering from a broken jaw. Bad producing. And Deontay never hit anything as, as a professional fighter that you have, it hasn't been checked out and approved by your people and anybody else around. Bad judgment on both parts. One of my favorite teams growing up was the Oakland Raiders. Black and silver, they, you know, they're intimidating, almost demonic, evil. I love John Madden, still do. You know, Jim Otto, double zero. I was a high school center. Jim Otto, double zero, was probably the best center in a, in a game of football for many years. All these characters, Ted Hendricks, you know, defense would beat your ass. And now look at them. What the hell's happened to the Oakland Raiders, for God's sakes? They're off to a one and five start, and their coach's only got 10 more years of his contract left. It's going to nail him $100 million. How many of you really believe that John Gruden will be in, in Oakland 10 years from now? How many of you really believe that John Gruden will be in Oakland 10 years after he signed the deal? It's too much to ask. It's like having a booker. Uh, in a territory. They don't, bookers don't last 10 years. The, the creativity uh, becomes very, the stream of creativity becomes very tepid and very weak. Much like an old man peeing. Not good. So here's, the, here's what I see in a nutshell. Get off this topic. The coach and the quarterback of the Raiders are not on the same page. They are not joined at the hip. I don't feel any camaraderie. I don't feel any connection. And I think that it's a, there's a lot of TV left in John Gruden, and he's bringing it to the sideline, and it ain't working. And finally, the Pet King Goofy Award this week goes to Cornerstone Caroline. Sweet Caroline. A New York woman who falsely accused a nine-year-old boy of groping her in a bodega has offered an apology after viewing the security video that shows clearly he never touched her. 
What a horny little nine-year-old, right? God, come on. Her name is Teresa Klein. And uh, she, had, of course, had the video outburst right after it happened. It went viral. And uh, that's earned her, the, earned her the nickname after causing a ruckus in Brooklyn. Cornerstone, Caroline, you got to be more creative to get your five minutes of fame than accusing a nine-year-old of groping you. That young lady is Pet Coon Goofy. Because you are one lousy son of a bitch. Oh, no! Well, you guys, it's been a good uh, week to join us here. we got a lot of fun stuff still to come, including part two with Matt Hardy. He's promised me to bring a, uh, perhaps a woken guest with him this week. So it should be a lot of fun talking to Matt here in a few minutes. So stick with us. Uh, this week in wrestling has uh, kind of become a, have a life of its own. A lot of people like it. It brings back memories. Uh, and, you know, we're, we continue to look at ways to evolve our topics and our program uh but we sure like doing this we just got to figure out we're gonna ted's gonna producer ted's gonna work on some ways to for, for presentation but i want to take it this week it was 53 years ago uh on october the 20th 1965 madison square garden isn't it amazing madison square garden something like the this home base for all great things in pro wrestling at some point in time this card is amazing and uh you know, I, I Arnold Scolin, one of my favorite guys, card player. You heard Cowboy Bill Watts talk about the guys playing cards and the WWWF. Arnie was one of those great card players, former Marine. Chewed that cigar and played those cards, baby. But this thing had uh, Tarzan Tyler on it, Bobo Brazil, Miguel Perez, uh, Smasher Sloan, Waldo Von Eric, Johnny Valentine, Dr. Bill Miller. And looking at the main event of this uh, star-studded card back in 65, uh, the big cowboy, Bill Watts, a recent guest here on the program. And if you didn't hear those shows, he's on he had a two-parter with him. Uh, check it out. I think you really enjoy it. Uh, my mentor. But he was a third-year pro wrestling in the main event at Madison Square Garden against Bruno San Martino, the then WWF champion. And uh, Bruno uh, caught a quick one, as they say. He took a quick one uh, and beat the cowboy in the main event. Pretty cool stuff, considering I've met both those men and have great love and respect for each, quite frankly. 22 years ago, in the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum in Fort Wayne, Indiana, 96, man. It, the thing about that show was it was the size of the market was kind of unique, at least on today's pay scale. Uh, and that was a show that Bret Hart returned to WWF and he accepts Stone Cold Steve Austin's challenge at Survivor Series. And a lot of people that have gone back and analyzed this, and historians, et cetera, et cetera, uh, really believe that that was the moment, uh, was the dawn of the Attitude Era. I don't know what you think about that, but it's a, a very viable point, quite frankly. 20 years ago in the Bradley Center in Milwaukee, a couple of things there about this Money Not Raw that I remember. I, this is going to be crazy. I remember great catering. Uh, you know, brothers got to eat. But the catering at one time before WWE took over their catering, the one building on the road that you could always depend uh, that the catering was going to be really, really good was in Milwaukee uh, at the Bradley Center. So catering gets the Duke on that show. But it's quite frankly mostly remembered for the Steve Austin, Mr. McMahon uh, rivalry that culminated with Stone Cold holding a gun to McMahon's head 
Centering. McMahon wet himself, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. McMahon pissed his pants. After Austin pulls the trigger, revealing a gag, bang, 316 flag. Gag gun. Don't do this at home. Probably wasn't the smartest thing we could have done. And then Austin delivered a stunner to Austin to McMahon, and the crowd loved it. They loved the P, they loved the prop gun, and they loved the stunner. 19 years ago, October 17, 1999, in the Gun Arena in Cleveland, it was No Mercy 1999, obviously, the pay-per-view. Uh, the New Brood, Matt and Jeff Hardy, defeated Edge and Christian in the first-ever tag team ladder match. Uh, Terry Reynolds was involved in that, and the Terry Invitational. Terry doesn't oftentimes get the credit that she deserves for the work that she did uh, in the Attitude Era. And coming from her background and what and her she accomplished was pretty amazing to me. Uh, I always will admire Ivory, Lisa Moretti, for putting Mula over to win, so Mula could win the WWF Women's Championship and become the oldest champion in professional wrestling history. I think she was 104. Uh, and then I never liked this, but so much for what I like. I didn't never buy any tickets either. I got my tickets. China defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship, becoming the first female Intercontinental Champion in WWF history. I did not like the booking then. I don't like it now. I ain't going to lose some sleep over it. Didn't lose any sleep then. Won't lose any sleep now. I didn't think that the inter the intergender thing, bottom line, just doesn't work for me. So there you go. So it's, it's unrealistic. And then, of course, uh, on the the main event of that big show was uh, Triple H defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin in an Anything Goes match to retain the WWF title. And I'm sure I'll get some fallback on this, you know, this uh, topic. Terry Reynolds deserves more credit than she than she gets. Uh, Ivory should be. Uh, why she's a Hall of Famer. She's that kind of woman. Uh, putting Moolah over, who's probably twice her age. Uh, and then China defeating Jeff Jarrett. That's not China's fault. It's not Jeff Jarrett's fault. That's what it's called for. I remember that being a, some of a chaotic day. I think that was Jeff's last show in WWE, which kind of was unexpected to me because I thought we had a deal. And apparently uh, we didn't. So he got, it, he got his money he wanted, and he did his job, and he left. So... It was more more uh, convoluted than that, but not to the level where I need to talk more about it. It's not worth it. I just didn't think the intergender thing worked for me, and it still doesn't. 17 years ago on October 21st, 2001, that was at the Scott Trade Center in St. Louis. No Mercy 01. Uh, really a good card. I know the, the match the King liked the best was when Tori Wilson beat Stacy Keever in a lingerie match. You can guess what King was saying. Yep, that. And uh, just what you just said in your mind, or out, you whispered under your breath. Uh, Edge wins the Intercontinental title, get, defeating his buddy Christian in a, a ladder match. The Dudleys retained the tag titles by defeating the team of Tajiri, a handsome man indeed, in the big show. Uh, Chris Jericho won the WCW world title by defeating The Rock in a little over 23 minutes. They kicked ass by big time, big time, slobber knocker level. And then Stone Cold retained the WWF world title, 
defeating Kurt Angle and Rob Van Dam in a triple threat no disqualification matchup. I think all triple threat matches nowadays are no disqualification. Whether that's a good thing or not, I guess it's, it's uh, up to the eye of the beholder. I don't like uh, when you start breaking down rules, you, you, anything goes, and that goes, and falls out anywhere, and last person standing, and it really takes a lot of the logic away from, uh, from the business. It's hard to not roll your eyes at some of the stunts that are done when you have that, much, that many toys or uh, the playground's a little different. 18 years ago, in the uh, only WWE pay-per-view, I didn't know this, I read this, I didn't even realize that, to take place in, uh, Little, in Arkansas, was in Little Rock, the Verizon Arena, uh, No Mercy 02, another really good card, and uh, I remember it because uh, the matchups, the talent matchups were great, uh, Benoit and Angle won the inaugural WWE Tag Team Championship, defeating Edge and Rey Mysterio. Beautiful stuff. Trish Stratus uh, defeated, uh, retained her title, but defeating Victoria. But the main event is unforgettable because it was uh, Rock Lesnar in 27 minutes defeating The Undertaker, and it was physical, folks. Yes, slobber knocker level because it was inside hell in a cell. You'll leave your soul in hell in the cell. I don't know who that was. I just did that. Sound like I've been smoking Marlboros. And I don't smoke anymore. I haven't smoked in years. If you, if you still smoke, I'd suggest you quit. And then finally, nine years ago, uh, in Irvine, California, TNA had their Mount for Glory pay-per-view. And man, the names in this, on this uh, card are amazing. You got Eric Young, Kevin Nash, Hernandez, ODB, one of my favorites all time, fellow bar barbecue connoisseur, Jessica, Jesse Kreska. Love Jess. Uh, she retained the knockouts title, defeating Awesome Kong. Well, she's, she's special. And Tara, who's uh, Lisa Marie, who was Victoria. Uh, in a great match. Bobby Lashley defeated Samoa Joe. Yep, they're on that roster. Abyss. Beat Mick Foley in a Monsters Ball match, which featured special guest referee Dr. Stevie Richards, the midnight gynecologist. And uh, Kurt Angle defeated Matt Morgan, as if Matt had a choice in <laughs> the no matter. No, Matt's a good dude. Good basketball player. And the main event, special. It was very special. AJ Styles defeated. Sting to retain AJ's world title. Sting, of course, was AJ's idol growing up. AJ growing up in Georgia, and Sting living down in Atlanta, been all over the TVS show back in the day. So, uh, but can you look at that talent roster that uh, the folks at Impact assembled, and then try to figure out uh, what the hell happened? Well, I can tell you what happened. They had the wrong cooks in the kitchen. Simple as that. Taking a quick look here at the birthdays this week. Don't leave anybody out, folks. You know, I got the cake. I take the cake. I bring the cake. I'm not the bar. All right, no, that's another commercial. Uh, this week, uh, on Wednesday, my good friend Jimmy Raschke from Nebraska, Baron Von Raschke, former uh, Greco-Roman star at University of Nebraska. <laughs> no, it's in Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska. AWA star, among other places, 78. 
Good man. Uh, former Bears defensive tackle and WCW U.S. title holder. Steve McMichael is 61. Uh, colorful character. Colorful character. I, I met him. It's one of those deals. It's kind of like the Mark Merrill Sable story. We met uh, Steve McMichael, and he had his wife Deborah at the time with him, and she was she overshadowed Mongo. I, not, he's a hell of an athlete. I loved his game in football. He's the kind of defensive tackle you need and you want. But charisma-wise, uh, she came at the right place at the right time, and I just uh, I remember talking to Vince about her, how she's had a great look and personality. On Thursday, the berserker John Nord, who heard Cowboy Will Watts talk about the story of Nord and Butch Reed fighting uh, in Oklahoma City and then resuming it into some form in Tulsa on the same day. Uh, Big John, 59 years old. Uh, the formerly known as Simon Gotch, Simon Grimm is 36. A Simon by any name is a Simon. Uh, Friday's birthday include a man that's really the father of our country because I think he's got like 10 kids or something. But he's a former WBA, WBC, IBF, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Evander, real deal, Holyfield, is 56. He does have a lot of kids. Google it. See what I'm saying. Uh, and a, a young lady that I got high expectations for, uh, Tony Storm. She'll be a whopping 23 on Friday. 23. Can you believe that? Yes, I have socks. They're 23 years old. On Saturday, hey, Chico, hey, hey, the man known as Razor Ramon, WWE Hall of Famer Scott Hall, will be 6-0. 6-0. One of the bright minds in all of wrestling. Uh, the longest-running iteration of New Japan's famous Tiger Mask persona, Tiger Mask 4, Yoshihiro Yamakaze will be 48. Uh, current Lucha Underground superstar Chavo Guerrero Jr. will be 48. Another bright guy like Chavo. Always been a loyal team player, and he still is. And our main man, you know him, you love him. You may not know him as Calvin Brodus Jr., but you damn sure know him as Snoop Dogg. He's 47, and he's a big wrestling fan. I'd like to go on a nice car trip with Snoop someday. On Sunday, uh, one half of the Bushwhackers, WWE Hall of Famer, known formerly as Bob the Chest Miller. Bushwhacker Butch Miller, 74. Bob the Chest Miller. On Monday, three-time Hall of Famer and former world champion Pedro Morales, one of the all-time greats, 76, the late Bad News Allen, 75 on Monday. Uh, former members of the infamous Disciples of the Apocalypse, Stable, you remember. Their current producers for Arrow Lucha, the big twins, Don and Ron Harris, 57. 57. And I guarantee you, if you walk into a bar with Ron and Don Harris, you ain't got to worry about walking out. You're good. Four-time WWE European champion D'Lo Brown is 48. And Impact Wrestling's own uh, Taya Valkyrie. That's John John Morrison, John Hennigan's uh, wife. She'll be 35. What a beautiful woman. Nice lady. Great couple. I'm really proud of those kids. And on Tuesday, 
one of the original members of the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. By the way, a great show on Netflix. Glow. Good stuff. Uh, Tracy Meltzer will be is 56 on Tuesday. To the best of my knowledge, she's not, she's not related to noted journalist Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. Nor is she related to Brian Alvarez, which makes no sense. And also on Tuesday, uh, happy birthday to Leah Van Dale. Leah Van Dale. You know who that is? Better known as Carmella. She's only 31. She is in a perfect spot. Age, athletic abilities. And she's one of the women that is not afraid to change her look, to change her attire, and to continue to evolve her moveset. She's a fearless young woman. i got a lot of time for people like that. And those are the birthdays this week, folks. Happy birthday to all you cats. Remember, come on over. OJR's got the cake. You've got mail. Hey, folks, you know I want you to be a bigger part of the show than you might be right now, and you can do that by uh, sending me your suggestions, uh, topics, uh, guest ideas, whatever you feel like you'd like to contribute and make us aware of. Just send them to uh, Producer Ted there at thejimrossreport at gmail.com, and uh, we'll do our best to be all over it. Uh, from Sarah in the U.K., Hi, Jay. I hope you're well. Big fan of Slobberknocker. I purchased the audio version, which was great. Looking forward to the new book, as are we, Sarah, and thank you very much for that. Uh, do you think about the phrases given to a commentary team when a big spot happens or a superstar returns? Personally, I cringe with the overuse of, are you kidding me? Or, you've got to be kidding me. Or how about this one? Oh, my. Or how about this one, Sarah? Did you see that? Did you hear that? Sarah, obviously, I'm not real crazy about that. Uh, I think it's uh, talents, all announced talent, no matter who, who they work for. They've got to continue to evolve their game, add new things, new adjectives. I used to have uh, adjective sheets. And I had, I still got some at home, I'm sure, but they, I had a, I had a synonyms for evil, synonyms for injury, synonyms for pain, all these different things that would come up into uh, conversation. I had a list of synonyms for that topic. So fan favorite, hero, boom, villain. Yeah, you know, you got several ways to call people certain things that describe who they are without being redundant. So I think that uh, some talents, announced talents are in a comfort zone, bad place to be, and they get a little lazy. Or shall we say complacent? Lazy might be a little overstatement on my part. So uh, you got to keep reinventing, Sarah. That's all that's about. Keep reinventing and don't use your stuff over and over. And it's easy for people to say, well, damn, JR, you used Slobberknocker all the time. You wrote a book about it. I did. But I didn't use it in every match. Did you see that, Slobberknocker? Uh, from Jason in St. Louis, good day, good old JR. Love the podcast. Thank you, sir. Uh, Smackdown Live should premiere on Big Fox in October of 2019. It will, so I'm told. I believe that Fox still has rights to the MLB All-Star Game, One League Championship Series, and the World Series. So, if there's a game on Friday night, does Fox air the game or Smackdown Live? Good question, Jason. I suggest to you, sir, they will air both. They'll put one on Big Fox. They'll put one on FS1. That's my guess. Nobody will be left out, and, and our, the loyal wrestling fans will not mutiny because their show will air. And if you're Fox, you want their show to air because you hope it's produced episodically where one week leads to the next, and so on. 
So I, I assume FS1 will get some action if that does happen. That's a good question. Uh, from Elliot in Columbus, New Jersey. New Jersey. Hey, uh, JR, longtime fan of yours. Good God Almighty. Thank you, buddy. Uh, I know you hate lies and rumors, so I'll skip the rumors. I heard of why Daniel Bryant was reinstated to the active roster, but given his health history, do you think he may have another run as champion? I gather, Elliot, you are concerned about what you perceive to be Daniel Bryant's uh, health. Let me tell you something. As long as it took him to get reinstated medically, you don't think every I was dotted and T crossed and stone unturned, every other cliche we can think of, uh, there's no way that he would have been able to return to the ring if every doctor, neurologist, everybody saw got didn't get on the same page. So, uh, you know, if he's healthy, which I assume he is, I don't know why not another title run. Why not? Remember, folks, uh, you can email us at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Producer Ted loves to read these late at night. Uh, this is from Ian in Falkirk, Scotland. And by the way, he said this between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Now you know. Hi, Jim. Thanks for the weekly show. Absolutely love it. Could listen to you for hours. And I'm sure sometimes, Ian, it seems that way. Uh, what's on your What's your thoughts on Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement at the WWE Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia? Uh, well, let's hope the Saudi Arabia thing happens or it doesn't happen. I hope we get a word on that. So, But bottom line, let's assume it's going to happen. Uh, I think Shawn's got plenty of matches left in him if he's wisely booked. In other words, I don't see the return at Saudi Arabia being a one-off. If Sean can go out and maintain the level of performance that he will be comfortable with, and trust me, he will not be comfortable with mediocrity. Does he have to adjust his game a little bit? Of course he does. He will be great no matter what. When he was off for four years and he came back uh, to wrestle in WWE, uh, I told him when I went to San Antonio that he owed it to himself more than anything else to finish this legacy and don't let it end this way. He, 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 I'm sure others are telling the same thing. He took it to heart, made the decision on his own, and he came back, and the, the night he was back, he was amazing. After four years off, no practice. Practice? Are you talking about practice? Not with this guy. So I think if you book correctly, not overexposed, he sure as hell does. I would never have him wrestle in Raw. What, do you, what? If, if so, it's, it's a it's a big hay rube uh, brawl or something like that that breaks out. But I like we've seen. But I, guys like Sean and Taker and Hunter, you know, Kane, all those all those uh, uh, alumni are not they're not alumni. They're they're still there. Those uh, those legends, they don't need to be on TV every week. Just like the I talked about the Strowman dudes. So yes, Sean's got a lot of left in the tank in my view if it is if the vehicle is driven correctly. Pedal to the metal, day in and day out, ain't going to happen. He's smartly and strategically booked. You're damn right. I can see him having something uh, big and significant at WrestleMania. He would be if I was sitting in that chair suggesting stuff. At least that would be the suggestion. Uh, also, this is from Matthew Bradford. Matthew wants to know, uh, he says he likes the slobber knocker and looking forward to the sequel. Thank you, sir. It will be good. It's a lot heavier, a lot more in-depth, and a lot more uh, current than uh, the first book, which did great. Still doing great. Do you think it would be beneficial if the WWE had an off-season? 
I've been asked this a lot, by the way. And I know that football and baseball has an off season, uh, a different structure. You can't compare a mainstream sport to an entertainment entity. But uh, I do not believe that a complete off season is needed. I do believe, even stronger than that previous statement, that talents must receive scheduled days off, weeks off, month off, whatever it may be. And that's interfacing the creative and, and making sure your talent gets to go home and rest and heal and, and, and graze, as they say, and be around family, recharge their bodies, recharge their minds, their souls. That should be done, and you should know when you're off so you can plan things like a real family. But to be totally have the dark in the doors and not produce TV or just come back and produce TV, not run live events, I don't think so. If, if the roster is properly managed – and you got a chart that tells you how many days this guy's worked, and you, you get all your talents or come to you with, I want this is my wife's birthday, or my two kids celebrate this, or whatever, my high school reunion. I don't know what it is. It could be just normal stuff that would make any of us go crazy, but it's life. So, no, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, manage the days, and you're cool. Uh, Rudy Hayes, my pal, Rudy Hayes, it says here. Hi, JR. I've been loving the new podcast since moving to Westwood One. I even dig the music bed you use at the end of the interviews. It's such a nice, subtle touch. Well, credit producer Ted to that. It's not mine. All the taste I have, Rudy, is in my mouth. Generally when I'm eating barbecue. But producer Ted's got the ear. He's the ear of the, of the team. Raphael Morphy is a Richard Lewis, and producer Ted is our ear. Uh, it's like Sergeant Hoka in, in, in Stripes, our big toe. Ted is our ear. Uh, with, what's the purpose of having the IWGP champion competing in the G1 tournaments? He compares it to uh, WWE champion entering the Royal Rumble. Uh, good question. Interesting point. But the G1 is such a prestigious multi-day event throughout the country that it, takes, it has taken a life of its own. It is a very spectacular event. If I had a, a, a wish list... I would love to broadcast with Kevin Kelly or whoever's doing uh, New Japan World, uh, a Wrestle Kingdom, a Dominion show, the G1, because they're big-time events. And the other thing is, from a booking standpoint, if your champion is proving his medal every night to this great array of talents, if and when he loses in this process of the tournament, it creates an automatic main event with the person that beat him for the title. So there's a lot of things that does good. It's a different perception there than uh, the Royal Rumble is here, and the Rumble's a big deal, man. They're going to—they're doing that that uh, event this year at a stadium in, in Arizona. So it's a, just a different different. Uh, it's not one's an apple, one's an orange, if you know what I'm saying there, Rudy. Uh, and I, I kind of like the way that they, uh, the G1 is made to be famous. It gives them uh, a couple of weeks of badass booking. And that's good stuff. It's good for the talent and everybody else. And what's good for me, if you'll email us at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. And we'll love your questions, your suggestions, anything you want to talk about on the show. Uh, that's what it's there for. So uh, jump in, hook up, and let's have some fun with this thing. And uh, thanks a lot for the mail. You know, last week was one of our highest listened to programs. I thank you for that, truly. Uh, and again, you, you do that by uh, subscribing for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, 
tune in, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. But uh, we had Matt Hardy on last week. Uh, I found it to be a very compelling conversation. Matt and Jeff always been uh, two of my favorites since we hired them uh, from the days when they were uh, on a sewing machine making their own wrestling attire. When they when they may have fibbed about their age. I don't. I'm like Sergeant Schultz and Hogan's hero. I know nothing. Uh, but uh, we part two of Matt's interview or conversation with me. We're going to touch on several things, including the what's the vibe in that WWE locker room right now? Because as we said, you know, there's a lot of big stars coming back to the, to Roos, so to speak, and they're working the main events of these major shows. How do you think that makes somebody that's working on the road every day that perceives themselves to be a main eventer? Uh, how do they feel about this, this situation? What is the pulse of the locker room? We'll address that uh, and talk about the Attitude Era guys coming back to WWE because Matt's in a unique position. Matt was in the Attitude Era, a viable part of it. Those great matches, the, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, the Hardys, they're historic. They're magnificent. And so he's a big part of that. So he's, he can see the issues from both sides of the coin. Uh, we also talk about uh, uh, his favorite singles matches which is not done that much because it's usually Matt and Jeff, Matt and Jeff. And now it's, uh, you know, I always wonder what Matt's favorite single matches were. We're going to find that out today. And then he's, he's, he hasn't promised me, but I think we have it arranged for this Woken Cat. Woken Matt Hardy may show up in this interview. We're not sure. Because they have a Hardy House, uh, the Hardy House Halloween special on the WWE Network that everybody internally is talking about. So a lot of a lot of hardened veterans in production uh, are talking about how much fun and how enjoyable this event's going to be. Uh, the House Hardy Halloween Special, WWE Network. Uh, more on that momentarily. But right now, let's get started back with part two with uh, Matt Hardy. I see where some people are complaining. I don't do not agree with this. That the many of the veterans, uh, Undertaker, Kane. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, uh, Kurt Angle now uh, coming back. And they're taking up key television uh, time. They maximize those minutes as best they can. And they are finding their way onto top of cards at major events. Hence the big Melbourne event last weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? And what do you think that the – the vibe in the locker room is because there's some guys that are very talented in that locker room that have high skill sets, but they're not quite quote unquote over They're They're, they're moving in the right direction. They just haven't uh, achieved the mountaintop. And until they achieve and, the, and saying that's not a knock, some people never achieve the damn mountaintop. But what do you think? What's the, what's the, uh, the, the attitude in the, in the locker room, uh, or at least your perception of what the other guys are thinking about these studs coming in here from the old days, the attitude era, let's say more specifically, and uh, mm-hmm. and getting this uh, getting this spotlight. I mean, I, I think the majority of people that are there, because if you've been there long enough, you're taught and to survive. You have to look at uh, the the professional wrestling industry and WWE as a business, you know. And and when it's all said and done, they're they're going to be it's going to be good for business, you know. There's going to be you know, the, the frustrated internet fan that, you know, loves the, you know, Ring of Honor style or Evolve style or, just, you know, like a, a, a cruiserweight, a, a more athletic, acrobatic, 
type style. You know, and, and I get that, and that's fine. Those fans, there's, there's there's nothing wrong with them enjoying that style. You know, but they're going to probably complain or be frustrated when you see the Undertaker and Triple H telling a story in the ring, and and they're not wrestling to that intense level that you want them to. But I can tell you this: when I came back to WWE. You know, from being Broken Matt Hardy. And I, and I got very, very hot. I was white hot when I was doing the whole Broken Matt Hardy kick. And then once I started doing Broken Matt Hardy, and I was just back, like, just even being in public, <clears throat> I got recognized so much more. I So many more people wanted to take pictures. It's just because WWE is just that powerful. And it's not just TV anymore. You know, people go, oh, well, the ratings, the ratings have gone down or they're not what they were. I mean, anybody who really fights that argument night in and night out, sure, you want to have good ratings, you want to be up, but, like, television viewings change, too. You have to look how great the social media stuff does. You have to look at all the subscribers on the network. And eventually, everything is ultimately going to be driven from the WWE network. Everything is going to like be its own hub, like a network, when it's all said and done. So like business is changing. And people complain about, you know, oh, well, you know, the, the WWE doesn't do this. They don't do that. They don't do whatever. And, and I admit, it's not perfect. There are things that could be done that could be better. But when you have guys like Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement is, is a huge deal <laughs> in the first place. Mm-hmm. But like Undertaker, Shawn, Hunter, uh, Kane, you know, Kurt back, it, it, it's, it's good. I mean, fans from the Attitude Era that were maybe Laps fans that haven't watched in a while might tune back in, you know, because they know those people are because they're stars. It's nothing bad. And like if the young people are smart, they'll like learn from them and they'll teach from them. It, they'll, they'll be taught from these guys and, and hopefully they'll be on the same shows and there'll be more eyeballs, you know, and it's just you obviously have to use these guys, too, to try and, like, uh, interact and mingle with the younger talents to try and continue to elevate them, continue to get them over. You know, that's very, very important. You know, one of the last things myself and Bray Wyatt did is when we talked about it, when we were finishing up the team, was work against the B team. And, like, we we're going to try and help elevate them into, like, a regular tag team. And, like, I'm totally cool with that. You know, and I get that. And that's kind of like the cycle of life in the wrestling industry. Like, once you realize... You know that, that that is something that is necessary for it to to continue and, and and for it to grow. You know, my partner Bray got hurt. I was in uh, singles action for like three or four weeks back to back. You know, and like we had to try and make these guys and try and reestablish them as a as a very strong legit tag team, and, and that's cool. And it's okay when it's all said and done, because when when you look at the big scheme, everybody's kind of playing a role. At some point, you're on the top. At some point, you come back down a little bit and you help other people move towards the top. I mean, that's just how it is, unless you're one of the handful of guys that just stay at the top of the whole wall. And, and, and there are some guys that are like that. But in the big scheme of things, people will get frustrated about bigger names or older guys from the Attitude Era coming back. But, like, it's going to be good for business all, all in all, you know. And if they can interact and mingle and continue to help elevate the other guys, I think that's a super cool thing. I think if you get uh, a, a DX thing and you have Sean doing some stuff, I think to interact these guys with, like, you know, the Seth Rollins and the Dean Ambroses and the Roman Reigns, I think that's going to be high. You know, I, I think there's a lot of cool, interesting combinations of things you can do. But some of those some of those wrestling fans, uh, I just, the thing I would want to say to them is like, you know, be patient. Understand you're watching WWE. And WWE, what they're doing is working and is successful on a business front. If you don't believe it, just look at these two television deals they just signed that, you know, are worth together almost a combined $3 billion for the next five years or whatever it may be, you know, and look at what the stock's doing. I mean, they... they understand there's a, a certain type of business they're doing and it's not always old school uh cater to the diehard wrestling fan wrestling i mean it's never been like that in wbf i i can always remember people who loved nwa and they disliked wwf because wbf was too glitzy and glamoury you know but that's it's just how it is one thing yeah. you can never ever take away from Vincent Glenn, he's a brilliant businessman and he knows 
how to present people as larger-than-life superstars you know, that, that make kids love them and make people want to buy their merchandise, and he knows how to make money. I mean, when it's all said and done, that's, that is what he does. He sure made, uh, did well by me, I can tell you that. I, I made a lot of money there and was smart enough to save most of it. And and thanks to Vince McMahon and his uh, the opportunity he gave me to, to head a department, to be the voice of the brand, all those things that multiple people have done, you know, not shared responsibilities. Uh, he took care of me, and I, I can never thank that thank him enough for that. Uh, and he and it was great to my wife Chan. God, God Almighty, she thought the world events, and and he of her, and uh, he was really. Sometimes I I want to go to some some place. Well, take Jan with you. So I would you know I took her to places that uh, you know he just he paid the tab you know just out of his out of his heart just I'll I'll take your wife. She'd love that. She'd love that. You know. So, uh, but I look at these guys like Taker and. And this is going to sound funny, uh, Matt, and I don't mean it to be negative at all because I love those guys. I mean, those guys were the foundation of that Attitude Era, not alone, but you know, they were in that, that ensemble that uh, mm-hmm. got the company out of financial duress, helped lead the company into being a publicly traded company, uh, made a lot of guys a lot of money. So here's how I look at this thing. Taker, Sean, uh, uh, Kurt, what you have here are these dudes – is you have a they're like lost leader items at a major sales promotion. They're the the doorbusters. They're they're the items on that sale bill that gets the attention and the dialogue started because it affects a two or three different generations of wrestling fans. And the people mm-hmm. that were in the Attitude Era are very loyal to the Attitude Era, just like me. I I'm not going to be any different. I'm going to be transparent here, to be honest. But mm-hmm. what what the thing is from I'm thinking is that those other dudes you mentioned the shield, well for the shield the shield needs to get quote unquote over over they know that mm-hmm. that's not a mm-hmm. knock Jr's knocking the shield they're not over that's some some idiot will say that some blithering frigging idiot will say that and I don't care what they say the the point is very few guys find the promised land and these three cats are very talented they should be right there in the promised land. Uh, perennial main eventers that are drawing money and ratings, selling merchandise, mm-hmm. creating revenue. Uh, so while they're, while the other guys are those lost leader items to get you, your attention, get the talk buzzing around, these are the cats that got to maximize their minutes and with those big audiences there, steal the show. How about that? Steal the damn show and make them forget uh, these legends that are there to help draw more eyeballs to your presentation. Simple as that. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I mean, I, I think it's beneficial to have those guys around. I think the most important thing with, like, you know, The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and, and if you look at Triple H and, like, his last few WrestleManias, he's been very beneficial with the way he's been used, you know, especially helping elevate other talent. And I think all those guys, they, they have a role around, and they have a role around currently, and, and I believe they just need to be, you know, utilized in the right position to, you know, honor their iconic and legendary statuses and then also let the younger guys either work with them and get a rub or either you know let the guys have the the young guys have a uh, a real standout match that that makes people go whoa i'm an old fan from that issue here i tuned in to watch the undertaker tonight but holy christ this seth rollins is amazing and i really do seth rollins is is one of my favorites now i think he's the the top new young baby face in the company I'm i'm a big fan of his work and he's an outstanding talent He's got, he's got, like you, he reminds me of you in the ways he has great passion. Uh, and he's, uh, you can tell he's a lifer. 
Uh, he's doing yeah. what he was meant to do. And all I'm saying is that uh, uh, some fans, now if you're a big fan of Seth Rollins, and you heard what I said earlier that, well, the Shield is not, they're not quite over over yet. Well, uh, I love the Shield. If I had a territory, uh, I'd want to hire all three of those guys. So that's what they mean to me. But it's just not an automatic deal because you're working on top doesn't necessarily mean you are over. Just because you're on the, you're closing the show doesn't mean that you are over. Maybe it's a wrong move by the booker. Maybe it's a, uh, you're, they're there because there's nothing better. I got a feeling that's kind of some of it. So, uh, anyway, I, 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 I like the fact that these, these guys are there. And like you mentioned, there's a lot of things they can do. The one thing they can do is set it full of chair up in the locker room area at an event and chat and visit and converse with these younger talents. That's not all mm-hmm. those guys, you and I name Matt, including yourself can help these young cats get a better perspective of the big picture, which is sometimes hard to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's no substitute for experience. I mean, you, you can't, it, it, it's unrivaled, you know, there's no substitute for experience and just being around. And, you know, it really is like, I, I know for us, I was saying this about how I, I, when we were there at that point, like Michael Hayes taught us more than anybody else. When Jeff and I became better in-ring wrestlers or in-ring performers were after we had uh, the TLC uh, match at WrestleMania 17, uh, a, a week or so later, it's when, uh, it's when Steve with Stone Cold you know, turned heel there mm-hmm. for a, a short while, and he did the two-man power trip with Triple H. We, got, we worked with those guys for uh, a few weeks, and that was an amazing learning experience. You know, just to, to get to interact with guys who are legitimately top guys on top and to be able to work with them for them to say, well, maybe do this or do that, and for them to bring your work up a level. You know, that's where we learned so much. I was very lucky and blessed. I got to work with uh, with Undertaker quite a bit, you know, especially when he was doing the stuff with Brock Lesnar and when I did the Matt Hardy version one, I was kind of like, you know, Brock's, uh, I was like Brock's go-to guy in some ways, and they kind of, they used me a little bit, him and Heyman, you know, but I got to work with Taker quite a bit during that time and learned a ton from him as well. He's just a, an amazing wrestling mind, uh, has a really amazing perspective on things. Eddie Guerrero, a guy, it was his birthday yesterday, and I know I tweeted out a picture of him. I learned so much from Eddie Guerrero working with him. I've never been in the ring with a performer who can just read an audience, no matter what town you're in, whether you're in Amarillo, Texas, or Bakersfield, California, or Portland, Oregon. Like he'll he'll put a different spin on the match just depending on the the vibe of the crowd every single night, and that was just such a, a pleasure and just such a great learning experience to to be in the room with guys like that. Boy, we had some. You mentioned all these names. It really brings back great memories, a great time uh, for all of us there. And you did a hell of a job, you and your brother. Hey, how much uh, how much longer do you think old Nero's going to stick around and do this crazy business? Ooh, I don't know. I I, I have to be honest, like. He's he's got to rank up there with having one of the most indestructible vessels of all time, you know, because it's just the amount of punishment he's put his body through, and for him just to still keep, you know, keep on ticking is just unreal. It's just unreal. Yeah. Like I, it just it, it makes me question half the time if he's truly human. I just wonder if you know aliens dropped off a, a baby brother for me as opposed to a regular human being. Like he's he's amazing as far as his pers- uh, perseverance. Uh, but I, I don't know. With him, I would say maybe a couple more years. Yeah, good. I would say maybe two, two, three more years if he if he can hang in there. Well, I asked Jerry Lawler here a while back. You know, 
King's uh, a little older than me. I guess he's 68 or nine. Uh, anyway, uh, I said, he said, I got to go to, he's going somewhere. I said, he's shooting a breeze. And he said, uh, uh, cause we're doing a show together in, uh, in, uh, December, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I remember December in Cleveland and we're going to go to the Browns game on the next day. We're going to show there on a Saturday. I'll get more information on that next week. But it, I said, how long are you going to keep doing this, man? He said, JR, I'm going to do this until they stop booking me. When they stop booking me, I'll stop going. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, well, you know what? That makes sense. Why not? Cause he still, he still is psychologically better than most guys in the business. Psychologically. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. knows what he can do and what he can't do. And he can pull a strap down and get you this fist and he can stomp you. And he's got great facial expressions. He can sell. He's a, he's a consummate performer. He loves he performing. He entertains people. And like yeah. you said, he's adapted and evolved and changed. And I have such a high respect for that. And there'll be people that will always relive their childhood by going out to see J.D. King. Like, oh, man, I remember when he did this. And Memphis, he was the king of Memphis. Oh, man, I got to see him tonight. <laughs> he was great. He hadn't lost a step. You know, and that's, that's what the people say. And it's just it. for us as performers and, and you being announced or whatever. I mean, it's just so cathartic to always, you know, relive that. And if you can do it, and if there's a way you can uh, still be having fun and, and still put your passion on display, it's like you, you never want to leave. I mean, like you said, you use the word lifer a lot, and that's kind of the definition of a lifer. You know, someone yeah. that's going to continue to do it until they stop looking them. <laughs> I believe I'm obligated to continue to contribute to the professional wrestling business until I can't put sentences together or or, or intelligent thoughts. At least I think they're intelligent. I, I believe I'm obligated for the life I'm living and I have lived and my family's enjoyed. I don't know why I would stop contributing to that entity and I'm not going to stop. So, and I'm sure you're in the exact same boat. Hey, I got two questions for you real quick before we, uh, uh, uh talk about the, uh, your Halloween special. You guys, do you have a favorite match that you, do you have a favorite match either as a single or a tag team? Cause I you know if you tag team, you said, well, well, the TLC matches, cause they're all breathtaking groundbreaking events. Uh, even when you got short change on your pay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you have a favorite match, Matt, you know, cause I get that. I got a lot of questions when people knew you're coming on and one of them was, does Matt have a favorite match? And I'm thinking, well, has anybody ever talked to Matt about a favorite match he had as a single? And I'm just wondering if you have something on your tip of your tongue that might fit that bill. Uh, it, it, it's really, it's, it's almost hard. And, and I say this, I, I said this sometimes too, like uh, people ask me like, what is your favorite match? Either as a tag or a single, but sometimes I feel like I've got two kids, right? It's almost like someone yeah. asking like, well, who's your favorite kid? I mean, you know, cause it, yeah. I, I think there's going to be some that you really love and that are just super special to you. I mean, like, obviously as you said from, from tag team matches, all those TLC matches, the, the first ever, tag team ladder match we had against Edge and Christian, I mean, that's the match that really made us, and it kind of, like, cemented us as being, like, WWE superstars, and it was going to allow us to make a living for a long time in this business. Uh, the the match where we first won the tag team titles with Michael Hayes is a very, very special match to me. You know, when, when you think about singles matches, I look back, and I got to wrestle my brother at WrestleMania, and that was our dream coming up, you know, and, and we had a hell of a match at WrestleMania 25. I was super happy with how that turned out. Uh, the match I had against Edge, it was very emotional, and the lines of reality and fantasy were blurred, and I did that big leg drop off the top of the cage at the end, and it was a hell of a match, too. It definitely stands out as being one of my favorites. But then even when you fast forward, like, 
I have to say that the final deletion deal, just because that was kind of my baby, I was out here doing it with Jimmy Long and Jerry Borash. I mean, that, that's one of my favorite matches as well because it gave me, like, new legs to have a longer wrestling career and longevity by doing an, a new style and, and new formation of match. And then returning with myself and Jeff at WrestleMania 33, that just the reaction and, and the love, the, the, the enormous uh, cheer of adoration that we got when we came out was truly one of the most special moments of my career as well. And, and that makes that match special, you know, uh, a, 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 as an effect, you know, so that, that those were all really special moments. I don't really have one special moment uh, or one, one favorite match that stands out as being the special favorite match. I just have a lot that I think are really memorable and that were very important to my career. So that's, that's usually how I answer that question. Yeah. I, I, I have the same philosophy because it's hard after starting doing this in the seventies, and still do it to this very day. You know, this week I'll do uh, the New Japan stuff on Access TV. And, I'm, you know, I'm still under contract with Vince, and he needs me for yep. something. He knows how to get a hold of me, and he knows I'll drop whatever I'm doing and be there. Uh, not a bad mm-hmm. thing, but uh, I enjoy the Access TV deal because it's, I get to still do what I love to do. There's nothing I love doing more, Matt, than calling matches, getting talent over, yeah. telling those stories, yeah. getting people off their seats, get them engaged emotionally. Uh, so... I understand where, where you come from. They say, what's your favorite match you ever called? Man, I can't answer that. Same deal. Mm-hmm. I have a different, if, if I named five today, if you ask the same question tomorrow because of my senility and, and the fact I vacillate on this, I'd probably, I may give you five more answers. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. uh, crazy yeah. stuff. Hey, do you have someone there that can tell me, uh, can, can give me the true feel of uh, your Halloween special and why I should watch it? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, something I posted earlier this day. I am both, and both are real. Give me one second. There is a little duality that goes uh, goes on within the vessel of Mount Hardy. One second. <laughs> yes! It is good old JR. It is good to speak to you once again. This is broken, broken Matt Hardy, and I am extremely excited for the house Hardy. Halloween special that is getting ready to air on the WWE Network. Yes. Will you be tuning in, Boomer Sooner? Amen, brother. I'd like to, I, I would probably be there in person if I if you're giving away candy. You know, Halloween candy is one of my oh, favorites. Oh, yes. I'm sure in the future we would love to have you at House Hardy as our guest. And we'll make sure that happens at some point. But I must tell you this. Uh, at the end of this month, it will either be Halloween, maybe a couple days earlier, you will be seeing the first ever House Hearted WWE Network special, yes. And basically, this is what has happened. We are calling over all of our friends, young and old, veterans of the industry. We're having everyone over to the Dome of Deletion for a very special Halloween ball. And also in this, you'll get to revisit a lot of the destinations of the Hardy compound that people miss and love. We're going to be going to my personal pumpkin patch. We're going to be going to my personal zoo. I'm going to interact with uh, the, the wisest soul I've ever met in all of mankind, George Washington. You know, he is in the vessel of the giraffe now. I, I do not know if you're aware of that. But yes, he is my dear, dear friend. And uh, I am also going to be uh, interacting with smoking Joe Frazier, who is obviously a, a, a cold favorite here. He is a, a, a kangaroo that I often spar with, and I have him train either with my, my progeny or with the other Negro if they need to get ready for a big match they have in, in the future. But there are going to be many things going on, and I have it on very cast iron intel that there is a dark force that is looking to invade House Hardy and take over the Hardy compound, try and 
procure the magic of the Hardy compound, more specifically, the nucleus of that magic, which is Excalibur, my sword. A lot of people don't know this, but one of the vessels that I was in, you know, many, many years ago was King Arthur, and I was the man who could pull Excalibur. So I still uh, have that magic, you know, and, and, I, and I keep that with me. And that is actually what stirred up, and that is what started the magic of the Hattie Compound years and years and years ago when I first discovered Venus was inside. You must protect your sword and your family. Yeah, How you dare must the... protect your family. Exactly. How, nothing, how dare they? No, nothing, nothing is more paramount. The family must be safe at all costs. But yes, I am excited for the WWE Universe and all of the Woken Warriors and all of the Broken Universe fans to come back to the original product and they get to see Matt Hardy with his original condition. Yes. And I'm also going to try and stop Brother Nero from uh, indulging in his sport monkey addiction because we know he is a very, very sick man. He loves to jump off every punch of ever. He must have been a hell of a little brother to grow up with, if, if you remember that. I don't know, but uh, he's a daredevil, baby. He's a daredevil, Woken One. Oh, yes, he's he a, is. He absolutely is. Whenever the special comes on, good old JR, I can promise you this. It shall be the greatest entertainment that has ever been witnessed on the WWE Network. Mark my words, the words of broken, not hardy. I am so excited to check out House Hardy Halloween Special uh, on the WWE Network exclusively. Uh, a lot of folks are talking about it that uh, are on the inside, how creative it is, how it's going to be so funny. Enjoy. It's an entertainment show, folks. It's not hardcore wrestling, but it's an entertainment show with some good wrestling on it, obviously, and, and physicality. So check out the WWE Network uh of the time and the day in your area that it's going to air, but obviously it's going to be right around Halloween. So my thanks again to uh, Matt Hardy and uh, his alter ego, Woken Matt Hardy, and everybody at the Hardy Compound for uh, being so gracious for their time the last couple of weeks. Uh, don't forget now to rate and subscribe in Apple Podcast Kids, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever in the hell you get your Slobber Knocker audio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. And the latest five-star reviews, you know, we told you, I kept you updated on this thing, thanks to Ted and Raphael. 1,500 uh, five-star ratings was our goal by the end of the year. We need 61. Pretty good, right? 61. Need your help on this. And uh, Wiley7614 says, it's good to have you back. I was listening before. I am a massive fan. I have your book on Audible. I miss you in WWE. You call a lot of my favorite matches. Take care, JR. Oh, Wiley's cuts the point, don't he? Wiley's kind of, Wiley's kind of like Vince McMahon. God damn it, JR. Don't tell me how to make the watch. Tell me what time it is. Yes, sir. Juggernaut Sr. says, There isn't a man or woman who knows as much about wrestling as the man, Jim Ross. I don't know if he's cussing me or... No, I'm kidding. Uh... It's like being the skinniest kid at fat camp there, Juggernaut. Whether it's about the old wrestling days or today's entertainment, JR knows the business. Well, I try to. It's kind of become my life, like it or not. Uh, and uh, he says, thanks, and keep us fans informed and entertained. I will do my best, sir. I promise. Uh, Roar, I'm a fish, says. <laughs> Great podcast. Love hearing JR talk. Reminds me of Monday nights with him and the king. I appreciate that. And I got to tell you, folks, uh, it never gets old 
hearing someone come up to you in the strangest of places, occasionally even a urinal, and say, you're the voice of my childhood. Uh, and it used to be more troublesome than it is now because I think I've matured finally. Uh, but I still get my feathers ruffled from time to time because sometimes I believe, and my wife Jan said, you care too much. You care too much about wrestling. And I don't know if that's possible, but I, if, it's, if it is, I've probably, I've probably touched that fire a few times. It could be more than you can handle. If, if anything in your life other than your, 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 your religion, your family, uh, then your job becomes more important than anything else, you got to reevaluate. And I've had to reevaluate a couple of times, including the last couple of years. So, uh, but I appreciate the, uh, those compliments. I appreciate you guys subscribing to our show. And I want you to, if you would, have a mindset, check out the new Westwood One podcast app. It clusters all the great podcast shows that Westwood One, of what you're listening to right now, uh, produces and distributes. And there's some great ones. Some really good podcasts there. A little something for everybody. Uh, and I, I encourage you to simply go to Westwood One Podcast in the app and Google Play stores today. Uh, it's a free download for the app, and I think you're gonna you'll love it. It, it helps me a lot because I got all my stuff I want to listen to in one spot. It saves a lot of time, easy stuff to do. Now remember to submit your comments, your questions, or your interview suggestions to the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. A uh, good way to contact us. I'm always on Twitter, you know, at, at JRSBBQ, uh, on Facebook and Instagram at Jim Ross BBQ. But uh, the email, the Gmail account is uh, very accessible, and and we get those and we read those. So uh, don't think that we're, they're just filler. They're not. They're important to us. So check it out. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com anytime, night or day, for your ideas and your thoughts. A new show, as you know, uh, escapes every Wednesday. Come hell or high water, man. Producer Ted gets it done. He gets it done, without a doubt. And before we go here this week, I'll remind you that on December the 8th, the King and I'll be in Cleveland, of all places, the day before Browns game, by the way, Browns Carolina on Sunday the 9th, but on Saturday the 8th, the King and I'll be doing our stage show, Q&As, autographs, uh, photo ops, the whole nine yards, uh, memorabilia, barbecue sauce, books, jerky, seasoning, you name it, we got it, at Hilarities. Uh, it's a great club in Cleveland. It's, we're going to have a 2 o'clock matinee. Or two o'clock, uh, actually, 2 o'clock is when we're going to do the VIP meet and greet, which is uh, always fun, one-on-one time with the VIP customers. And then at 4 o'clock, the show starts. So uh, tickets uh, go on sale next Friday, October 26th, Friday, October 26th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, online at www.hilarities, H-I-L-A-R-I-T-I-E-S, H-I-L-A-R-I-T-I-E-S dot com. That's simple. And I'd love to see you there. And also, uh, I just got word trying to get some more information on it. Uh, I'm going to be in, for the first time ever, in uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, uh, coming up in a few weeks. Uh, hopefully next week, uh, we will have all the information on that event, uh, the venue, when tickets go on sale, the whole nine yards. Uh, but it's going to be like a SmackDown watch party and a autographs and q and a it's going to be a really, really a cool event uh in st john's newfoundland and all the details will be with you here next week so until then i i want to thank you again for joining us uh next week our guest will be jeff cobb uh, one of the great young stars up and coming stars in the entire wrestling world uh great star with ring of honor 
We thank uh, Ring of Honor for their cooperation in, get, in securing Jeff our show. Uh, Jeff's also uh, becoming a stalwart with uh, New Japan. He's a stud, and he's on the rise, and we look forward to talking to him next week. So until next week, ladies and gentlemen, Wednesday, as a matter of fact, when we'll be broadcasting and recording our show from Los Angeles. i got to go out to L.A. and do some more New Japan voiceovers and the lovely Access Studios in, near L.A. Live. And then I'm going to uh, do a little podcast with producer Ted in uh, Culver City. So, uh, and security will be high, folks. Don't try to get in the studio. It's not going to happen. Uh, unless you're a female. No, I'm kidding. I'm getting away from that. HR's already called me. I'm done. And, uh, but tune in next week. It'll be a lot of fun. I always seem to rise to the occasion. I get in Los Angeles. It must be the air. Hmm. Or something. I don't know. In any event, uh, again, thanks for being with us. I'm jumping in that black Escalade. I'm driving to Norman, safe and sound, uh, and appreciating everything you guys do for me. And it's a lot. And I thank you. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, remember our tomorrows are never guaranteed. Do something nice for somebody without being prompted to do it. You'll feel better if you do. So until next week, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying so long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast Network, The Raven Effect. The single worst thing you can do to kill a house is not adhere to stipulations. That's what kills territories. Like, they had a match, remember, with Teddy Long and Paul Ellering, and a, and a loser gets his head shaved, and they didn't even shave either guy's head, and both of them were bald anyway. The Raven Effect. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.